Yep, luckily I had you to come in and scoop the hoop. Ah. Oh, praise be. It's Dynasty. Yep, he's like that real hot broad that ghosts you every once in a while, but you still love her. So, for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> With a question mark at the end. That should be the new name. A lot of question marks. The arbitrary cutoff all at once. Now he's old. Muth. You can hunt long and hard and not find Hunter Long in a box score. As an old 32-year-old and sell him as a still 32-year-old. Those are like when Thanos puts the last piece into his glove and now he's ready to start snapping. Unlike Geno Smith, it wasn't bad teammate. Stash and crap tight ends so I get the good guys. Hooper! And I don't know how to get rid of it. If you want a tight end that doesn't block and drops a lot of catches. Gross tier is so big. Welcome back to the Dynasty Wire. This is your host, Iowa. I am joined once again by filling the blank with a cool intro, Henry St. Clair. Thank you. I'll take all the superlatives that uh, go in that blank. I'm sure all of them are deserving. We've had an awesome group of shows these last few weeks with from QBs, RBs, wide receivers. We just got back from Thanksgiving. Is there anything in particular you are thankful for? Uh, you know, didn't get to see all my family, but of the ones I get, uh, got to see, really thankful for them being in my life, you know, and just the great support group that I've had my whole life. I'm thankful for a lot of things and opportunities from Sleeper and whatnot, but what I'm most thankful for is the tight end position. Because without it, I wouldn't have any Iowa Hawkeye players to follow in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, after Mackay Sargent uh, wound up not becoming much. Yeah, but I can still cheer on C.J. Beathard. <laughs> as far as like tight ends, just as a position as a whole, is there any way that you approach it from a dynasty perspective? Yeah, we were talking about this a little bit before the draft. You know, it's the top guys or it's the bottom guys. You get stuck in that middle tier. You wind up spending significant capital on a startup or via trade for a guy you think could make the leap to the top tier that doesn't wind up making the leap. Whereas you're almost better off with one of those bottom guys. We see it every year. Some guy kind of comes out of relatively nowhere, like Dawson Knox this year, Dalton Schultz, Logan Thomas last year, you can or Robert Tunyon last year as well. You can take a late dart throw on a lot of those guys and wind up just the same as you would have been with an upper middle tier guy. Every year, it's like that. There's always later guys in drafts that are either free or way late round darts that end up being top 12 tight ends. Now, are they consistently tight end one level of Kelsey out of nowhere? Not super often. I have a similar approach as you as far as that goes. I have like a, a very clear top tier every year that is usually only a couple players deep. This year I've extended it out a little bit just because I feel like there's a changing of the guard coming here within the next few years. But yeah, when you waste those mid-round draft picks, I just feel like that tier is so big. From six, seven, eight tight ends, whatever you want to call it, from that point on, the difference is negligible. Yep, definitely nailed it there. Another interesting note is how many former QBs we see coming tight ends. You know, Logan Thomas, Tyree Jackson's making the switch. Jeff Driscoll, a name many might know from years past, making the change over to tight end. So I with Tebow, Taysom Hill, and then Jalen Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> tight ends, let's say. Taking tight ends in rookie drafts is a risky proposition because it, it seems like no matter what, Every single year, wherever they go, it's just, it's too early. It ends up being too early in hindsight. 
Yep, except for maybe Pitts this year and Pat Fryermuth, depending on where he went exactly. But everyone else this year, I mean, if you took Hunter Long with any sort of capital, you took Brevin Jordan, um, Trey McKitty, Tommy Tremble's been okay, but again, no one really worth spending more than, you know, mid to late third and full TEP or something. Part of that is simply that it takes tight ends longer. Sometimes you get lucky situations like Pitts where they don't even play him like a tight end for his first year at least, where, you know, he's playing like a wide receiver and assuming he keeps his tight end designation, you know, that would uh, continue forward. But he's actually one of the rare examples of a first round pick that's a tight end. Do you know who the other three are that would be in maybe our top 24-ish? Noah Fance, TJ Hawkinson, and... Now, Mike Gesicki was second round. Goddard was not first. Um, man, I don't think Hunter Henry got first round capital. I don't know. Who's the third? If you want a tight end that doesn't block and drops a lot of catches. Ah, Evan Ingram. It's Evan Ingram. <laughs> that just goes to show, like, as far as the, how the NFL values the tight end position, there's a similar way to look at it for Dynasty. If they're not just one of the most elite players at the position, there's 32 NFL teams. Your league's probably 12, 14 teams, whatever. That's 14 tight ends, 32 teams. There's a bunch of teams that are having starting tight ends that you're not playing. There's just like the difference between the middle guys and the last guys is just just negligible. But as far as like the draft capital thing I was saying there, there was all but like a handful of quarterbacks who were not drafted in the first round. And if you went like first and second round, there was just a handful of each of the RBs and wide receivers in reference to our top 24 drafts the last couple of weeks. So as far as tight end, it's not something where like draft capital really should sway you tremendously, I think. I don't know. Is that how you play it? Yeah, we saw it with the Ingram class. I think that was Ingram... Howard and then Joku came out in that class together, and none of them have, you know, lived up to Kyle Pitts' level. Obviously, Hawkinson and Fant have been as advertised or close to it, but we see it a lot with first-round tight ends. Eric Ebron was a top-ten pick back in the day. He had a good season with Andrew Luck, 10 touchdowns or something, but not really a first-round type of guy. Yep. As far as, like, the tight end position when you're drafting, is there any certain way that you approach it as far as, like, how you would participate in, like, a startup? Yeah, this entire offseason, I think I was punting tight end mostly, unless I felt, you know, they had fallen to a value, which almost never happens. In a league where you're starting, you know, two running backs, super flex, so two quarterbacks, two running backs, two to three wide receivers, and then, you know, two to three flex in a tight end, tight end is, what, one of nine positions you're starting? Mm -hmm. So it has... 11% of your roster's points, and then the difference between the tight ends isn't that much, and you're only going to play one of them. It's not like you're going to put them in your flex unless it's full TEP. Yep, two good points there. Unless it's full TEP, and how many starting roster positions there are on a weekly basis. If you're playing in a 14-team league with, like, five flex... Tight end makes up a small percentage of your roster. You might even be streaming tight ends into your flex spots, regardless of how good the rest of your team is. And in those leagues, it would make less sense to reach on tight end over what they're going to score for you, just simply being a tight end. 
being your reason why. Oh, I can dominate this position. Well, you're starting so many that, you know, it becomes a little less relevant as far as the starters. Now, as far as tight end premium, there's a, there's several different variations. You can go anywhere from half a point per catch to a full point per catch to like a Scott Fish scenario where they're getting extra points on first downs as well. Yeah, I know in our dynasty themed Scott Fishbowl League, I'm consistently flexing as many tight ends as possible. So in a format like that, sure, go get tight ends. Even then, I'm adding, you know, Ryan Griffin from the waiver wire to potentially play him. Gerald Everett might have even been a waiver wire ad at some point. So you can get tight ends that will get you more than nothing. And even some of the mid-tier guys get you nothing sometimes, like Hawkinson and Gusicki. Yep. And when you say mid-tier, you're even saying still mid-tight end one. And like those Scott Fish Leagues, your tight ends down to like 24 are relevant. A lot of them are worth playing over normally flex players at other positions. So your tight end premium for your league specifically is going to affect how valuable tight ends are compared to other positions. As we will be ranking this one here, we will be assuming that it's not tight end premium, though it doesn't affect my order greatly. The only real variation I would do as far as ranking of players by adding tight end premium is potentially highlighting players that are valued because of their high volume of catches. Because once you get past that elite tier, it's the guys you are hoping are going to get a touchdown. And then there's some occasional guys like Goddard or Irv Smith who are praised for their catching ability, but not necessarily the tight end you're throwing out there just hoping every week they get a touchdown so that they can be worth playing. That's an interesting name. Irv Smith tore his meniscus this year. Expected back next year. He's still super young. Mm -hmm. Second round pick out of Bama just a few years ago. I would imagine he dethrones Tyler Conklin or at least fights for the job. So that could potentially be someone sitting on someone's IR right now or on the end of their bench if their IR is full in a league with a shallow IR where you could go get him for a third rounder and just hope that he comes back and winds up being the starter there in Minnesota. Post-Cal Rudolph, it'll be interesting. As of right now, they haven't re-signed Conklin and he's scheduled to be a free agent. So Irv Smith was someone I have as written down as a great stash to have potentially for next year. Someone who could triple, quadruple in value because most people are just looking at him as, oh, he got hurt, but you're absolutely right. He's just barely 23, which a lot of positions you can use. It's like a heavy weighted metric when you're creating a value. Tight ends, not as much because it takes them a few years and often their value years are their older years until they get injured and out of the league. But with that being said, Irv Smith has already had a couple years of experience and is 23. Granted, obviously hurt last year. But if Conklin doesn't return, it could be something cool for Irv because he's more of a, a pass catcher than anything. Definitely. He's not the tallest tight end. I want to say 6'2 or 6'3, like 215 or 220. So he's not some behemoth blocking tight end. He's more of a move tight end, they called him when he came out. And that's someone you'd expect to even be able to line up in the slot for them or a tight end that they really look to pass the ball to a lot. A lot of tight ends, like Irv Smith, are drafted a little higher than they probably should go just because people get to the point in the draft where they've drafted the equivalent number to fill out their flex players. And they're like, okay, only thing I don't have is a tight end. And they just take the next best available tight end. Not necessarily because they should be the pick 
there. So you get a lot of those mid-range guys from 6 to 12 or whatever overdrafted every year because people are fixated on filling out their rosters. But whether you want to have a good tight end or be in a good position for tight end, not only do the number of starters affect that decision, but the depth of the league as a whole. Because if I can pick up Fersker last week and stream him because he's been dropped, even though he's rostered in like 40% of the leagues, if you can do that, then getting a tight end in the middle rounds is not the best approach. If the best players on your waivers at tight end are people you've never heard of that are rostered in less than 20% of leagues, those leagues, it's a little more important to have some decent tight ends on, on your roster for sure. And almost all my leagues, and they're relatively deep leagues, 30 rostered per team, roughly maybe 25 per team, 12 teams, you know, 250, 300 rostered. There's still guys like Jeff Swaim, Ryan Griffin, Uzama was on waivers early in the year. Schultz would have been on waivers last year. Even in the offseason, he was frequently on waivers. Parham, one of our buddy who's his favorites. A lot of those guys are on waivers in some of those leagues, and they could become streamable, borderline top, you know, tight end one options weekly when you have certain tight ends putting up zeros or low points every week. It's kind of a gamble of who's going to get that touchdown or whatnot at tight end. So for today's exercise, we're going to look forward to 2022 and rank the top 24 tight ends, which is kind of a lot of tight ends. But depending on whether your league has a premium or not, you might find this information useful. Plus, when you're looking at your waivers and there's extra tight ends out there that win now teams are not concerned with, there might be some that are worth throwing on the end of your roster and see if things work out well for them. There's a bunch of tight ends hitting the market this year. Year, and we'll touch on some of that here, but I'm going to go ahead and get us rolling into the 2022 tight end mock rank draft. We are assuming this is zero tight end premium. There's no tight end premium. And for this exercise, we're just going to alternate back and forth. I'm going to go first as King Henry has decreed off air. <laughs> and for my first selection, I still don't know what to do. So how I look at it, as far as going into 2022, there's six tight ends that I really want. Three of them are young and three of them are older. The older ones are likely going to outscore or pace the younger ones, but the younger ones are going to have more longevity. So if you're looking 2022, but your team's not great, you're really probably thinking 2023, maybe you have this tier ordered a little differently. But honestly, if you pick any of these six guys in the top six in any order, I'm really not upset with you. It's hard to turn away Travis Kelsey being number one season after season after season, but he's 32 right now. He just turned 32. Next year, he'll be 33. It would have been surprising to think back when he's 28 and 29 that he keeps doing this at 30 and 31 and 32, but he has. So it makes it tough where it's like, is he going to do it at 33? Uh, what about 34? You know, there's always my boy Kittle, which it's almost like I should be, you know, excluded from these mocks because there's just so many Iowa tight ends that I just want to have. But then there's Kyle Pitts. That's the unicorn of draft capital, unicorn athleticism, unicorn in a lot of facets. He could be the tight end that is at the top of the ranks, just like Kelsey and Kittle have been for years. He could be the next 
next one into that tier there with like maybe Andrews and Hawkinson, but we'll get to them. For the purpose of this ex- exercise starting next year, I'm going to assume that the Falcons get their stuff together and get it figured out a little bit better next year and that Kyle Pitts is able to break out even more in year two of tight ends. Would I pick Pitts with Kelsey on the board? You know what the answer is? No, because I wouldn't pick any of these guys when they're on the board because they're all going to go before I typically would take a tight end anyways. The only way I'm going to take him is if they fall and somebody who's not going to fall is Pitts. But based on the age, the ability to ascend to that tier and the value in others' eyes, as in I can pivot off of Pitts at a premium still. I'm going to go ahead and take Kyle Pitts, someone who I think is potentially even like a trade target right now, considering he hasn't topped like 11 points in several weeks. Definitely. Said it there, nailed everything. The youth, the draft capital, no tight end's been drafted that high since Kellen Winslow or Mike Ditka. There's some statistic out there. No tight end in the top five since, you know, the 80s. He's got the athleticism. Can't really say much else about him. Travis Kelsey, you passed on. He's 32. Next year, be almost 33 at the beginning of the year. He has one of those mid-season birthdays. Saw another Chiefs great. Falcons great. Tony Gonzalez played till he was dang near 40. Saw Antonio Gates do it. Jason Witten do it. A lot of tight ends last very long into their careers. It's a question of, were those guys the outliers? Because we see Gronkowski get a ton of injuries. See Zach Ertz aging prematurely. There's no 36-year-old dominant tight end right now. There's no one older than Kelsey that's really good at tight end. So he seems like the next one to fall off the cliff. So for that reason, I'm out. Oh, dang. George Kittle would be my tight end one currently in the NFL. I think he's a better all-around tight end for Kel- than Kelsey. Not for fantasy per se, but he can block. Not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's roughly four years younger, almost exactly. When he's healthy, he's top five every week consistently. He's always a threat to be number one any given week. Hopefully Trey Lance becomes the quarterback of the future there. I think George Kittle over the currently injured Waller, who's got questions of whether or not that team's any good is Derek Carr going to be the future whatnot he's the unquestioned number one whereas Kittle with Ayuk and Samuel and a run first team you can make those arguments however last three weeks he's been on fire been on fire most of his career yep so sniped before the third pick George Kittle here at two Pitts one Kittle two I'm gonna take Kelsey three and here's why because going into next year obviously still has Mahomes still has a good offense still has a team that is still trying to compete for a Super Bowl. He has already broken the rules up until now. He hasn't been injured this season. The lower body injuries are what often bring down these players where, like you see last week, Darren Waller suffering a lower body injury. That's a red flag that we can look back and be like, wow, this is when it first started with him. Yeah, he is three years younger than Kelsey Waller is, but said it there, the IT band injury, the iliotibial band is on the outside of your leg, runs all the way up to your hip. When that gets tight, man, I don't know how to get rid of it. I've had it most of my life. Once it happens, that thing is a you know son of a gun to get gone. So and Waller is a speed guy. He was a wide receiver in college, you know, wide receiver and tight end at Georgia Tech. Always relied heavily on having 4-4 speed, being a vertical threat. Maybe he doesn't age as well, not having the speed later in his career. Kelsey, you watch him play, and it's almost like watching someone in slow motion. How do he get so open? He can't even run that fast anymore. It doesn't matter. 
you know, he defies a lot of the typical rules. As far as these top group of tight ends, these are the ones that I advise you buying if you're trying to win out for the rest of the year. Guys like Kelsey, especially Kittle. I mean, Kittle's still here in the future, but like Kelsey, this could be something that leads you to a championship. There, last year, the some of the leagues where I was win now, I sold out my picks to get Kelsey and like Montgomery, and they are two of the players that were on the most championship teams. This is someone who is likely going to blow up for the rest of the year. If you're concerned about the age, you can still flip him in the offseason. You don't even have to go into week one with him because everyone's interested in Kelsey. Everyone always is. So assuming that he stays healthy, you know, he could have like a Witten length career, a Tony Gonzalez length career, could sell that upside at the very least. But for the three here, I can't let Kelsey fall any farther. And it just sucks because I'm going to end up with not any of my Hawkeyes. Yeah, I think you're right there. Kelsey has been the tight end one for six years in a row, is it? Yeah, this would be year number six, it looks like, and full PPR. A heck of a player. Looking at number four here between a couple guys. Uh, An interesting note that I was going to make is most of these tight ends in the top tier have September, October birthdays. (laughs) That means right now is a perfect time to buy them because they're a whole year older so kelsey's 32 now he's old well when you're done with him after winning your championship this year he's still 32 you can still sell him as a 32 year old you can buy him as an old 32 year old and sell him as a still 32 year old same with waller kittle all those guys are going to be the same age this offseason as they are now so that's an interesting note i typically will like to go buy someone a week after their birthday or something because people don't know that they're you know 26.0 as opposed to about to be 27 or something Mm-hmm. The arbitrary cutoff all at once. Seriously, the, that clock ticks over from 29 to 30 for DeAndre Hopkins. People are going to be O-U-T on that guy. Exactly. He's 29. He's still a hot commodity. Uh, so yeah, looking at the guys, Darren Waller, recently 29. Been great for the last three years. Got a nice extension a couple years ago. Just uh, not necessarily sure that I want a 29-year-old who's currently injured. Maybe it's a good time to go by low with people thinking that way versus a 24-year-old and TJ Hawkinson for Detroit, where I believe he is the number one target, just like Waller, get five years younger, maybe, you know, only four and a half or whatever. But TJ Hockley's, man, he, he makes all those wide receivers in Detroit pretty worthless. He might have goosed you a couple weeks ago or whatever it was, but every tight end outside of Kelsey and Kittle and maybe just those two is going to goose you from time to time. Yeah, he's like that real hot broad that ghosts you every once in a while, but you still love her. <laughs> TJ Hawkeye son will be your your selection there. So with you taking TJ Hawkinson, I automatically know who I'm going to pick, and that's going to be Andrews. Also young, I feel like Waller could be replaced if they ever got a dominant possession style wide receiver. The recency bias of seeing him go down makes you want to fade him, but you're absolutely right about like his age. Doesn't have a lot changing around him. It's not like, oh, he's going to be a free agent, and then who knows? A lot of things should be similar around him next year. They could potentially bring in a wide receiver of consequence. Uh, They could potentially eat into his value there. But as far as Andrews, he's 26. This is one of the ideal ages to have at tight end. He's been great so far this year when he's played. He's linked up with Lamar, who they've been buddies since the get-go. 
So I'm going to stick with the man, Mandrews. Even with the Marquise Brown breakout and Rashad getting added in the first round, it seems like Andrews is still the go-to guy at the red zone target. The Ravens potentially having to pass more due to the injuries at RB, the injuries on defense causing them to give up more points, have to pass more. A lot of reasons why the passing volume may be higher this year than most, but Andrews definitely involved and... He runs a lot of the same routes and same area of the field as what Rashad Bateman is going to as he progresses here. So they both are some of the prime targets, but the managers. Someone that will get you a ton of points. Well, that being said, it'll be Darren Waller for me at number six. Prior to the injury that looked super scary, I saw a live, I saw his knee pop out and then they showed the replay and it almost looked less bad on the replay than what I saw live. I thought for sure it was a dislocated knee, maybe an MCL sprain, whatever. I guess IT band is decent news uh, as compared to an ACL tear or MCL tear, potentially long-term. None of it's great, but he's still 29. It's young enough if you squint at tight end, and he's been excellent for the last two years here. So with you taking Waller here with that pick, that is what I consider the end of a tier. Would you agree? For sure, I would say those top six I might have a hard time taking Andrews over Waller, but I could see the argument for Andrews. I had him closer to this tier in the offseason. I thought he was going to get a mega extension. He's very involved in that offense. There's another 26-year-old that just got paid and is heavily involved in an offense that should be coming up here shortly that you could argue for in that same tier, that being Dallas Goddard. And Mike Gesicki is around that same age in search of an extension of his own in Miami. If they get Watson, potentially that's an upgrade. If Tua progresses, or if he goes elsewhere, and then there's a there's a couple other guys you might be looking at. But Waller definitely a tier above those guys for me. Yep, that's where I draw the line in the sand. Now, before I get to what I consider like the everybody else tier, before like just the deep flyer guys, there's a couple of guys and you list them there. Goddard and I don't know if you said Fant, but Fant as well. Fant, okay so far this year. They extended Sutton, so Sutton, Judy, Tim Patrick, Fant. They're going to be bringing back these weapons again. Is it going to be Teddy next year? I don't know. Is it going to be Rodgers? That'd be fun. But he's still a young guy. Back when they were at Iowa, Noah Fant was the one all season they were talking about as, oh, this guy's about to be the next NFL tight end. And then towards the end of the season, really, is when Hawkinson started getting a lot of the buzz for the NFL draft. Like, Noah Fant is the more prototypical wide receiver. PPR leagues, he's a top 12 tight end. In standard leagues, he's a little bit outside that mark. He's been doing it so far. But Goddard, top 12 as well. Yeah. He did just get the extension, but him at 26, Fance 24, Fance, you know, obviously first round draft capital, making him somewhat of a unicorn. Maybe he's not Pitts, but that's a tier for me, those two guys. Now, whichever one I pick, I'd be just as happy with the other. If I was on the board, I would probably not pick a tight end and hope the other one falls if these were some of my better guys on the board. But for the sake of argument, I'm going to take Noah Fance so I can at least get one freaking tight end from Iowa in this draft. Thanks, Claire. Yep, I debated taking him over Waller just to spite you, but <laughs> I couldn't quite sell that one even to myself. So looks like you lucked out. Yep. Well, I'm a well-documented non-believer in Jalen Hurts. 
but Dallas Goddard, the heir apparent or the current tight end now that Ertz is out of town, to the tight end throne in Philadelphia. And the tight end 10 or uh, 12 in the year, they've already had their bye, whereas Kosicki has goosed you twice this year, but he's the tight end 6. Now, they've been without Fuller and without Parker for much of the year, so he's played a very vital role in that offense. The Eagles do not have a ton of passing volume and pretty much just have Devonta Smith at wide receiver. If Gesicki gets paid, I I almost like his athletic profile more than Goddard. When he came out of Penn State around the same time Barkley did, they both were just off the charts at the Combine. If Gesicki could ever get a good quarterback on a high-flying offense... He could easily be the next guy to vault into that tier. That's a dangerous way to look at it, right? You look at every year with some guy that's 26 that might do that, and he doesn't do it. But I think I'll lean Gasicki over Goddard just slightly. Praise be. Because <laughs> I definitely wanted Dallas Goddard there. Gasicki's set to be a free agent if he doesn't get paid. He is one, like you said there, where you might like his athletic profile and even how he's kind of used better mm-hmm. because they're not asking him to block a lot. He's a glorified wide receiver who's playing tight end. So when he's healthy, which hasn't been a ton until this year, and then this year he's one of the only guys that's been healthy as far as a pass catcher for the Dolphins. But easy for me, Dallas Goddard, man just got paid. Not someone you want to, you know, hit the bars with, but someone one uh, you definitely want on your fantasy rosters. Yep, definitely hope he didn't celebrate too much after his extension because he did have the broken jaw incident after getting soccer punched a couple years ago. Yep, that one made the intro for the last one. Unlike Geno Smith, it wasn't by a teammate, so there's that. <laughs> Uh, Gesicki is almost nine months younger than Goddard. Goddard could be someone you could sell right now as a 26-year-old, buy him back as a 27-year-old in a month or however long it is. So that's an interesting note about the ages of two quote-unquote 26-year-olds. One will continue to be 26 next year and one will be 27. So there's the tight end nine on the board in PPR who's seemingly scored every week with Jonu being hurt and now he's questionable himself and Hunter Henry who seems to be the more prototypical receiving tight end in New England whereas Jonu kind of gets used all over the place then there's the young gun in Pat Fryermuth the Muth always sounds like they're booing him on television, but they're just going Muth. <laughs> Close. <laughs> yep. Eric Ebron out of town next year. Kind of like when Komet was behind Jimmy Graham last year and Troutman was behind Cook. It's someone you would expect to ascend, but has the potential to let you down. He's been super involved the last five weeks seemingly getting a stranglehold on the starting tight end job there in Pittsburgh. Maybe a changing of the guard at quarterback would assume a new face in town there. Juju leaving should open up some more stuff for the tight end position. So it will be Pat Fryermuth for me. It's 23. It's dynasty. You're looking for young guys. So if I'm wrong on him and I'm wrong on Hunter Henry, maybe I can still salvage something out of Pat Fryermuth. Well, they drafted him in the second round. So I think they believe in him for sure. Ebron also set to be a free agent the writings on the wall there there's gonna be a new town friar <laughs> definitely he was a penn state guy if i'm not mistaken so nearby to pittsburgh someone i'm sure they had their eyes on had big plans for him him and Najee being their first and second round picks 
seem to have locked up two offensive positions. Yep. And as Mac Jones has developed, he's obviously liking Hunter Henry a whole lot. Going into the season, I was like, you know, I kind of like them both. You know, we knew that Janu, Janu got carries out of the backfield as a Titan. We knew that he was the more versatile tight end position labeled player. But Hunter Henry, he could grow up with Mac Jones. And Mac Jones, some criticism for a low depth of target. Well, you know, this is Hunter Henry's bread and butter there. So it could be like a little sweet marriage where they grow up and grow old together. But I like Hunter Henry a lot there. If you didn't pick Pat Fryermuth, I was probably going to. I like Hunter Henry a lot. The only other one I'm really considering at this point is Cole Komet. Young also has a QB who's young rookie this year, Fields, to grow up with. I like that potential pairing there. Jimmy Graham set to be a free agent, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's also about 43 years old. So yep. he was debating retirement before this year. They talked him into sticking around. So he's definitely gone next year, I would assume. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does bear noting that Komet... Two of his best games, including last week, were with Andy Dalton. So the Fields connection has yet to be proven as much as the Dalton connection has been great this year. Week one against the Rams, Komet had nine points, and then last week he had 14 and a half. Outside of that, he's only scored you know nine or above three times with Fields, despite playing most of the season with him. Yeah, and Fields hasn't had that many passing yards to go around. <laughs> so projecting to 2022 and forward, you think that maybe there's an expanding of the playbook, an expanding of abilities and whatnot, growth projected there. But cut the chase here. I'm going to go ahead and take my boy, Hunter Henry, who's been good for quite a while. Probably like underrated by the public because, you know, his name's too boring. Yeah, he was excellent in San Diego slash Los Angeles with Rivers and then Herbert. Got the huge payday there in New England and has been the better tight end, if only by circumstance of being the healthy tight end. Seems to have a good connection with Mac Jones, specifically getting in the end zone a lot. So that takes us to what would be the 12th tight end off the board. This would be the end of your tight end one range. couple names popping out at me. Man, just looking at Evan Ingram based off ADP, that's not someone I would consider quite yet, although he's a free agent mm-hmm. this year. First round draft capital. Hunter Henry's mate there, and Jonu Smith. Uh, Tyler Conklin's been good this year, pending free agent. Dalton Schultz, pending free agent. Dawson Knox is still young, and he's got a great quarterback in Josh Allen, the tight end seven on the year. Maybe it's the turkey talking from last night and the two touchdowns on three targets, but he has been getting in the end zone quite frequently. Manuel Sanders is older than dust. Not in love with Gabe Davis, Davis, and he will be there with Josh Allen. So give me Dawson Knox. I like it. Beginning of the year, we're saying Dawson Knox, safe play, and then up, he's hurt. So we had to wait a little bit, but he comes back and uh, takes a big bite out of the target share and some turkey leg and then proceeds to chew it during his interview. So after scrolling all the way down to Dawson Knox, I'm back on the board. I was thinking about Cole Komet previously. I think I'm going to roll with Cole Komet here for previous stated reasons. Uh, not like a big Notre Dame fan or anything, but like this guy a couple years ago and, you know, it takes a little while for tight ends. 
she's linked up with Fields. Both of them sadly chained to the Chicago Bears, but could be good things for both of them potentially in the future. Definitely. Um, so Cole Met off the board there as the tight end 13. I've liked what I've seen from Justin Fields more than I thought I would. He seems to play within his abilities. He's not always looking to make the crazy wild play, try to fit it where he can't. He knows what he's good at. He's running the offense fairly well. He's had a couple more turnovers than you'd like to see. Maybe it's Matt Nagy's offense not being great. Maybe it's a lack of weapons with A-Rob being hurt. Darnell Mooney, your wide receiver one, and not a great offensive line. And Montgomery's been out, so not a ton to speak of to work with. Maybe Komet can be that guy going forward. <sighs> so you leave me here looking at the tight end 14, and this is what we're talking about when we say these later guys are just kind of a mess. Yep. So if you're trying to use this information to pull off some last minute trades. I'm not trading the bank for any of these tight ends from you know, 8 or 9 maybe 10 on. If I can get these guys as cheap throw-ins, you know, sure. If you're trying to win now, the guys that are performing well right now, uh, the guys listed here in the top 24 at least have a decent chance of being good in the next year, but most leagues are only starting 12 tight ends. So as we go through these last guys, these are either guys that are worth kind of stashing or guys that are worth kind of holding on to if they're not performing currently so while it might be the the nitty-gritty these guys are a little more relevant like tight end premium leagues or deeper leagues or leagues where you're trying to look forward yeah well with what i've recently learned about tyler higby's contract which i guess got restructured unbeknownst to me like him a little bit more than i otherwise would he's currently 28 but he'll be 29 in about a month so that makes me not like him as much although i like him being paired with stafford not quite sure how I feel about Elder Statesman, who has rarely been a tight end, has been a top 15 tight end only once, and that was two years ago. Other guys I'm considering, I guess Jonu Smith, um, Evan Ingram, the Trout Man, even though he just went on IR, he had finally started to flash before that. I know, right? MCL sprain should be relatively easy to come back from, but just didn't show a ton. This is a gross tier. Guess if you made me pick, I'll bank on the Evan Ingram career breakout at 26 and a half or 27. See, when when Rodgers goes back to the Packers and Adams goes back to the Packers and Tunyon becomes a free agent, if they bring in Evan Ingram... Maybe, maybe. They could have at the trade deadline. Yeah, man, our fifth round pick just looks a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, as our Giants fan likes to say, pro bowler, Evan Ingram. Yes, that's his official legal name. Pretty sure he changed it. (laughs) So here I am going to take what I consider to be a sleeper, and I'm going to assume that Conklin does not return to Minnesota. Irv Smith, entering his 23 to 24-year-old season, resumes his tight end one dude. Duties. Granted, you know, he's splitting with Rudolph before or whatever, but this is the 21 and 22-year-old. Someone who I liked a whole lot going into the season, I had him as like my ninth, ninth or 10th tight end, but unfortunate injury, but next year, try again. Definitely, you can always try, try again when you fail. Yeah, man, this is just the uh, most disgusting range of tight ends ever. <laughs> These are just roster cloggers at this point. Dan Arnold traded from the Panthers to the Jags. Maybe he'll be with Trevor Lawrence for a couple more years. 
shark out of town next year that's a possibility wow yeah i guess gronkowski's gonna you know play as long as brady does and he'll be good as long as that's the case but not someone i'm overly interested in a dynasty format hmm guess if i had to take a tight end in this range it would be tyler higby don't feel great about taking a 29 year old tight end but at least he's on the rams and they're gonna score points and Stafford's good, and he'll be the starting tight end unless uh, Jacob Harris or the other backup tight end they have decides to step up and take that jab, which I don't see happening. Bryson Hopkins. I like that as far as why you take Tyler Higby. Yeah, it's Tyler Higby, but he does have Stafford as quarterback. He's on the Rams. They're going to score a whole lot of points. Whether you're playing him this year or not, if you're going into next year and you're trying to figure out who the depth tight ends might be, you know, there's definitely going to be worse options than the number one tight end for the Rams. So I'm right there with you as far as that. And it's back to me. Uh, as you pointed to previously, Adam Troutman to IR, what was his injury? MCL sprain, I believe, which from what I've heard is just as bad as tearing it. So could be four weeks thereabouts. He went on IR, so it's three weeks minimum. Mm. Should not affect him next year, however. Well, someone who I might be considering here if I knew for sure that he was back on the Cowboys is Dalton Schultz. And if Conklin, I knew for sure, was back on Minnesota, I'd like him more. Maybe not this pick because he'd be there with Irv, but still coming up soon. Logan Thomas set the return to Washington, but who knows who his quarterback is going to be. And then it's a whole lot of dart throws. So I'm going to go with this sword that I just repeatedly choose to die on. And it's like, you'll learn from your mistake. Nope, nope. I'm swimming with the fish. I'm going Adam Troutman. Glad you did it because... I do not know what New Orleans is doing on offense. I don't think they know what they're doing on offense. It's Lil Jordan Humphrey. It's Jawan Johnson. It's Marquez Calloway. Traquan Smith. It's a mess. It's Trevor Simeon, former Jets and Broncos legend. Totally doing a, a bang-up job there is one way to put it. So I hope in 2022 he gets a better quarterback and has a breakout. He has the ability to for sure, but haven't seen it a ton. Pull out the tape recorder and press play. The Saints traded up for Adam Troutman. <laughs> they must love him. They're definitely going to play him. Well, not last year with Jared Cook. They're they're definitely going to play him. Nope, we're going to convert a wide receiver to tight end and play him as well. It's like, oh, Troutman, finally. Juwan Johnson was like a healthy scratch, if I understand correctly. Adam Troutman, it was like, all right, here you go. Here's your thing. Up, oh, boom, injured. So <sighs> the hope lives to die another day, including 2022 for me. Austin Hooper wants the highest paid tight end in the league is still the guy in Cleveland, I guess. They go to OBJ. Jarvis is a little long in the tooth. Uh, I know they have a couple of young guys there. Harrison in Cleveland. He's someone that people like to take that job eventually. People like him quite a bit. Zach Ertz was, has been having a great year. Um, maybe it was just that one aberrational year where Wentz had an off year, Ertz had an off year. Maybe he's back. Not necessarily what I'm going to bank on. I'll take the chance on Dalton Schultz. Maybe he lands an extension there in Dallas. He's been excellent in Jarwin's stead last year. Top 12 tight end when Jarwin tore his ACL. This year, he usurped Blake Jarwin's job. So you give me Dak Prescott, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe Amari Cooper's gone next year. Michael Gallup probably gone next year. Set to take a larger role in the offense or at least 
keep the one he currently has, which has been great. I can dig it. It's 25 as well. It's not like, you know, he's 28 or 30 or something. So potentially land somewhere else even, and it's okay. Someone who I have up towards the top here is Tyler Conklin. And I really think he's probably more of a this year buy at the deadline if you need a tight end to skate you through the end of the season than he is a 2022 startup tight end. Free agent, so who knows where he could go. If he goes back to Minnesota, that's it's going to be a controversy as far as which tight end is the one you want to roster for the Vikings. So looking past him, Logan Thomas is sitting there. I know he's been on IR, converted quarterback, blah, blah, blah. He's still supposed to be there. I'm going to go ahead and roll with Logan Thomas here. He's supposed to be making his return here shortly. Not even just Mr. Reyes, but John Bates, I think, was a third or fourth round pick at a Boise State, was it? And he has looked okay. He's another one of those mid-round rookie tight ends that you try to avoid in your rookie drafts. Probably on your waiver wire. Probably never heard of the guy until this week when Thomas was out and Seals Jones was out. And you looked at your super deep tight end premium leagues and you know, John Bates has projected eight or nine points. Maybe I play him. But I like the Logan Thomas pick. He got a nice extension this offseason when I didn't think he was going to get one. So maybe you get two serviceable years out of him in Washington. He was good earlier this year when he played. He was great last year, even with Heineke and Kyle Allen and Alex Smith last year. So it puts me in a bit of a bind here at what would be tight end 20. Well, well, well. Maybe we come to the point where might be the better of the D. Arnolds. Better than Sam Darnold, is he? I don't know. Sam, Dan, whatever three-letter first name you. And thing that rhymes with Arnold. Hey, Arnold. (laughs) Just Dan Arnold, the postman, always delivering. Uh, Last three weeks, I guess this week he goosed you against San Francisco, but prior to that, 15, 10, 14, been seeing fair share of targets. Obviously, with LaVisca there, Marvin Jones there, ETN out, maybe that's some targets that would get taken away, and Agnew instead of Shark, but potentially Arnold sticks around in Jacksonville and becomes a decent battery mate with Lawrence. I like it. He's someone who is up there for me, too, and gets down to the point where it's like, you know, you're just stashing him at the end of your roster, so kind of cruise through these last ones here as you take... Uh, the man, Dan Arnold. Dan the man. There's someone who could potentially sign someone next year, especially if Chark isn't brought back. But we talked about it earlier. Gasecki could be gone. If he's gone, maybe Hunter Long. You know, there was a lot of praise for him, and I overdrafted him in any draft I selected him. It was an overdraft. There was no reason I should have taken a tight end. I advise everyone else, no, don't don't draft tight ends in your rookie draft. And then, you know, tight end premium leagues, I'm like, Hunter Long. Yep, I can do this. Third, fourth round pick. Terrible decision. I just wish I had stuck to my guns and not selected a tight end, but fall victim to a similar trap as a sophomore tight end. Maybe if Kaseki's gone, maybe he can break out. Him and Brevin Jordan, who might be getting some run here at the end of the year, another rookie tight end for the Houston Texans. They might not bring back a lot of their tight ends. You got old man Ertz, and until it Ertz everywhere, he's going to keep playing. So Austin Hooper, he could be cool, especially if Najoku leaves in free agency. You know, here. 
Harrison Bryant behind him. It's it's him and Harrison Bryant. That was part of the problem right now is that there's three tight ends mm. that each get a little bit of work, making none of them worth anything. Maybe if Najoku leaves, Hooper can actually have consistent production, something you might be able to trust. With all that being said here, mm. I'm going to go with Zach Ertz because he's on the Cardinals and I'm hoping that he can ride out the last couple years of his career. If there's someone I'm going to stick on the end of my bench, that's probably going to be him. It's going to be something I would definitely sell to the first interested party, as I do with almost all tight ends that are outside of that top group that are better trade pieces than ones to keep on your roster there. Speaking of a guy that hurts all over, Gronkowski with his back and knee pain, every week that dude plays, he's an excellent play. It's a question of how long does Brady play? I think that's exactly how long Gronkowski tries to limp along. So if you're a win now 2022 or 2023 team, you go, I can get Gronkowski super cheap because no one wants him because it's Dynasty. They know he's not going to last forever. He's going to be good when he plays. Yep, worth sliding into your starting spot when he's healthy. Worth nothing in trade value. Nope, and then what, Parham in Los Angeles or Trey McKitty, maybe third round pick. Mm. Parham being the XFL star. And then Indianapolis with Jack Doyle and Mo Alley-Cox on the last years of their deals. Potentially Kylan Granson, a mid-round pick out of Southern Methodist, could become the tight end of choice for Indianapolis and potentially Carson Wentz moving forward. Yep. Uzoma set to be a free agent as well. So there's a vacancy for the Bengals. I kind of think whatever tight end ends up there, you know, there's a possibility that they could be someone who you're streaming at the very least. Thaddeus Moss. We had a couple guys in startups this offseason swear up and down he was going to break out because he's Randy Moss's son or nephew or whatever he is. That didn't quite pan out. Mm-hmm. He should just change his name to Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's son or nephew or whatever. Yep. Randy Moss Jr. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what the question mark at the end? That should be his new name. <laughs> a lot of question marks. Uh, yeah. Jonu Smith is definitely someone left for dead right now. He got paid more than Hunter Henry in the offseason. They signed both of them and they paid Jonu more per year for some reason. Maybe he eventually comes along the offense like they planned or maybe they trade him. Did you pick somebody? I have not picked someone. I will go ahead and take Austin Hooper because I have way too much of him in Dynasty. Hooper. Yep, I can dig it. Uh, I know he was someone uh, who you kind of liked going into the season and rightfully so. He was really good when he was on ATL. They signed him to a big contract like they were going to make him into something and then decided to split up the work evenly with a bunch of people that aren't paid nearly as much as he is. So I get it. For me here, it's either Brevin Jordan or Hunter long i think either one it just depends on what quarterback they get paired with and if they get used enough you know hunter long has some other tight ends that are just people i don't even have ranked that are catching touchdowns and adam shaheen mm-hmm. the big man there he got extended yep and then Smythe. Yep, Durham Smythe, that's a name too, for sure. <laughs> so, you know, you can hunt long and hard and not find Hunter Long in a box score. Noah Gray, if Kelsey ever falls off that cliff. There's only a couple leagues where I still roster Noah Gray, and it's the leagues with Kelsey, because just in case he goes down, I think maybe he could be at least a plug-in. And these are deep tight end premium leagues, I think like a 16-team league. But for my selection here, I'm going to go Brevin Jordan, which should make at least one fan out there happy. <laughs> yep, and golly, I guess uh, I think Gronkowski deserves to be drafted, just with the Hall of Fame pedigree. <laughs> it's, it's a matter of a lot of these names 
names, right? Like Troutman. Maybe last year you drafted Troutman over Gronkowski. Maybe you did. And maybe you were right to by process. And Troutman's given you the last couple weeks, maybe he was serviceable, but you didn't feel confident playing him. Gronkowski, every week he's played, he's been an awesome play and he's really helped you win. So if you can take Gronkowski and then when he's done, you can stash some other future garbage third round tight end pick. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Sad, sad Adam Troutman noises for sure. Gronk playable when healthy. You know, he's like Fuller and (laughs) just as available as Fuller this season. So And talk about Austin Hooper, then paying a bunch of younger guys to do his job. Mm -hmm. And Tony Pollard this weekend with the the kick return, got him down to the half-inch yard line on a reception. Sounds like they might rest Zeke down the stretch here, keep him healthy for the playoffs because he's still the better back right now when they're both fully healthy but i was talking to my family over thanksgiving dinner how underpaid tony pollard was who's only making you know like a couple hundred thousand a year like you know i'd say a couple hundred thousand a year i'm like yeah but when zeke's making 15 million and this kid's making you know three hundred thousand a year or whatever it is it's like <laughs> holy cow man this guy is every he's 90 percent as good as zeke maybe he's just as good as zeke and doesn't get the opportunities or whatever it is but the rookie pay scale is a crazy crazy tool for franchises and it's how the rams keep filling out the the roster is they don't take first rounders and they pay all these awesome second third rounders a few hundred thousand a year well i think they were separated by like 0.1 over here on thanksgiving is that right pollard and zeke uh yeah probably somewhere around there depending if your league has kick return yards or count of the kick return touchdown and if it's full ppr or whatever but they've been both excellent this year zeke's been getting the goal line as he is slightly bigger than pollard if either one got it all if zeke were to go down pollard would be excellent i may or may not have just traded for pollard right before thanksgiving yeah there you go something else to be thankful for be a great time to sell high on pollard if people think zeke is going to be out for the remainder of the year or limited i'm just trying to win i gave up javante williams and got cmc and pollard and some other players in a big old swap but if you are looking listeners in your leagues and trying to make moves i would not be trying to go out and get tight ends if you're trying to rebuild you don't rebuild around tight ends i'd rather go out trade for pieces that i can actually build around and patch together tight end unless i can land maybe like a pitts hawkinson mark andrews (sighs) once you start getting down past that i'd just rather be spending that value or capital or whatever you're trading on a different position yeah tight ends one of the last positions i would fill when filling out a roster in my home league guy's been trying to sell off waller because he's not competing and every team that's competing already has a great tight end they got kittle they got kelsey andrews i don't want waller none of the rebuilding teams want waller so get kind of stuck with some of these old guys if you're not competing don't go buy an old tight end well i have a bunch of win now teams that don't have great tight ends <laughs> just my overall strategy you know what i mean i just punt tight end all together and then sometimes get down to the 330 through 360 player and i just take three tight ends and hope one of them hits and then every once in a while you end up with logan thomas or dalton schultz there's a handful of people in these guys we drafted today that were worth nothing at the beginning of the year dawson knox was barely drafted free agent dalton schultz barely drafted free agent dan arnold barely drafted free agent hooper was a super late tight end always drafted by me though (laughs) yep yep yep. luckily i had you to come in and scoop the hoop (laughs) so none of us had to so we had great really appreciate you for that but as far as tight end like these guys like kittle and kelsey and waller those are like when 
Thanos puts the last piece into his glove and now he's ready to start snapping. That's when I want to go out and be like, all right, this team's about to win and I don't have a tight end. Package something together, get Kelsey and something to try to push my way to a championship. If I'm targeting tight ends like that, it's just like Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. There's there's probably several Kittle teams out there that are rebuilding because if they drafted like this year, for example, they paid good capital for Kittle for him not to be out there most of the season. So there's a chance. Yep. Quite a few leagues where I took Kittle and that was piecemeal on it together. Jared Cook or, you know, whoever else off waivers. And uh, yeah, he can definitely hurt you when he doesn't play. Yep. And that's the goes right back into that draft capital argument. As far as tight ends in general, is there anyone else here who we haven't mentioned that you want to mention as maybe even like real deep league guys that where if you're looking at your waiver wire, might not even be on a roster right now. Maybe pick this guy up and throw him on the end of your roster so you can finish out the season with him. You're probably going to drop three, four, five, six guys after your rookie draft next year. But what tight end, maybe even tight end premium, whatever, whatever you need to justify it. What tight ends do you want to throw on the end of your bench right now? And I guess if it is an unbelievably deep league, uh, a couple of people like Albert Equigbenam, Mizzou product a couple of years ago, still young. Chris Herndon had that one good year, then the PEDs. Minnesota traded for him. He will likely not be in Minnesota next year. We'll find out him elsewhere. Still young. Yeah, I guess Drew Sample, still young. When Uzama's gone, he could be the guy in Cincy. There's a couple other guys like that. Josh Oliver, he was a draft capital guy a while back. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's in Baltimore. Tommy Tremble in Carolina, potentially. That's a good one. But And then, uh, what, you like Josiah Deguara in Green Bay? You think he's going to be the, the guy there? Potentially. Well, we said before that draft capital really doesn't mean a whole lot for like tight ends, and he might even be like tight end slash halfback slash Jonu Smith, but he was a third round pick at least, late third round. And with if Tunyon's leaving, someone's going to step up there, and they felt the need to take him when Rodgers needed all kinds of things like wide receivers and this, that, and everything, and they took a, a tight end whose name is really difficult to pronounce. So I do like him as a stash. Uh, We hadn't really mentioned him, but Gerald Everett, Mm -hmm. he's supposed to be a free agent again. He just left the Rams to go to the Seahawks, could be a free agent again. Maybe if they bring him back or if he lands in a cool spot, he's someone who I'm willing to throw on the end of benches, even though he's probably owned in like 60-some percent of leagues, at least the two QB dynasty leagues on Sleeper. Uh, You mentioned Jared Cook. He's supposed to be a free agent. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he just retires. Uh, Hayden Hurst is the other tight end for the Falcons, Mm -hmm. also supposed to be a free agent. So it could be interesting to see where he goes. We love Moali Cox, as you love to say, you know, they play basketball above the rim. For the Colts, and Mo Ali Cox has been throwing down the dunks. Well, he might be throwing down dunks for a new team next year because he's also supposed to be a free agent. Yeah, but Hayden Hurst, I think, was the weird first-round pick by the Ravens. Same year they took Lamar in the first, and then they got Andrews in like the third that year. Hurst was a baseball player before that, and then he went back to college, came out at the tight end. So he's an older guy. He did have first-round capital, will be elsewhere. He was good in Atlanta, was it, last year before they took Pitts? Borderline top 
12. You know, that was okay. A 2019 third-round pick who has talent was Jace Sternberger, another Packers guy. He got released. He had PEDs, I want to say, a couple more off-the-field issues that don't need to go super into. But if he ever cleaned up his act, he certainly has the capability to become something. No, he was a Texas A&M guy with Mond. That's kind of what first got me onto him. And I think briefly even Kyler. Well, Kylin Granson could be a beneficiary of Moelle Cox leaving. Jack Doyle. Yeah, he was the battery mate there with Shane Bukele at SMU. Now he, I believe, is the backup in Kansas City or practice squad guy there with Jordan Ta'amu. So he certainly flashed in college. He had awesome tape. All right. There's just a couple more of these real deep guys. OJ Howard, if Gronk retires, 10th time in a row that people are like, this is the year for OJ Howard. Well, maybe next year. Uh, you already mentioned Okwe Boonham, Harrison Bryant, and Najoku leaving. They might split the pie two ways, but he could be the other half of that pie potentially. Yep. Dr- uh, Jeff Driscoll, an awesome <laughs> name just to <laughs> stash. Foster Moreau is a guy that oh, you yeah. have mentioned before. Mm-hmm. We saw it earlier in the season. Waller missed a game. He stepped in and immediately played the Waller role and got a whole bunch of looks and has already been like just in like, you know, goal line red zone packages played some to begin the season. Maybe it's not Waller. Maybe it's the role or at least someone who's similar to Waller who's, you know, also kind of impressive could fill that same shoes of production that we expect from Waller. So Foster Monroe, someone I love a lot as far as someone to stash. Yep. Looking super far down, it is not interesting names. Every year, though, I wouldn't stress tight end a ton. There's guys every week you can play that are just weird names like Tommy Sweeney, Cameron Brait when Gronk was hurt, Sean McKeon scored a Thanksgiving touchdown, Ross Dwelly when Kittle gets hurt is always interesting, although I think they took Charlie Warren out of Notre Dame. There's just a ton of guys that you can pick up for fab every week and plug a hole. There are so many better things to do with your lineup. Take a third quarterback before you reach on a mid-round or late-round tight end. Take a, you know, another young wide receiver or running back or anything before you take one of those those tight ends. A super underrated aspect is, oh, I've got three great tight ends on my team. So you don't pick up the guys that appear every week on waivers that are worth playing and you are just sitting on the tight ends you have. If you only had one tight end or no tight ends, you could be picking up the hot guys off the waiver and playing good matchups rather than rolling out someone in a bad matchup who you overpaid for so you feel obligated to commit too. So it's helpful in deep leagues and TEP leagues if you already have these guys stashed on your bench. So hopefully this provides aid to those who are thinking about their tight end position as we approach the trade deadline or if it's already passed and you're combing your waivers for something to fill the end of your uh, bench with. If you're going to use a tight end, these guys might be some of the ones we would suggest. Definitely. Ricky Steeles-Jones, the only other name I can think of that had relevance this year that was not even brought up. Just another example of a tight end that's not all that great that you can get away with playing. Yep, he's set to be a free agent, so we'll see uh, where Pretty Ricky goes. <laughs> with that, uh, we'll put the, the seal on the podcast. <laughs> Henry, let them know where they can find you. Uh, at ClairvoyanceFF on Twitter. Um, at Clairvoyance on Sleeper. If you want to shoot me a DM or see what's up, just hit me up. I am Iowa in the NFL on Twitter. Iowa in the NFL on Sleeper. You are more than welcome to hit us up. And thank you for hanging with us. Peace out.
mieux 